Well, and what an awesome story we're continuing in as we have been reminded uh, by the Parson kids that we're in Ruth chapter 3. And uh, this story, if, just to catch you up a little bit, is that um, Naomi and her family had left Bethlehem. They had gone uh, to Moab because of a famine. And when they did so, um, tragedy hit and uh, lost the whole family, lost her husband, lost her two sons. Her two sons had uh, gotten married in that foreign land. And the two daughters-in-law that she had left, she told them, just, just go on back uh, to, your, to your own life. And I'll, you know, I'll figure it out on my own and you guys go back. And of course, you know that Ruth said, no, I'm, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. And so Ruth followed Naomi back to Bethlehem. And while she's there, uh, she's taking care of Naomi. She's also going out because it's the barley harvest and she's collecting uh, barley. She's gathering grain to be able to cook and to take care of them. And as she does so, uh, she does that in the field of Boaz, who happens to be a family redeemer for them. And so that's kind of where we left the story last week, is that Ruth had gone out into this field to gather this grain and where we left last week's thought in this whole parallel, because this story really also tells our story in our need of a Savior and a Redeemer in our life. And where we left it was this, is that if God is willing to guide, if I am willing to follow. I mean, that's just the truth of this. God is willing to guide if I am willing to follow Him. And so... That's the choice that we all have to make is, am I, am I going to follow my own way or am I going to follow God's way and let him guide me in this place in life? And, and what that means for us today is we begin to think about, uh, there's just a real simple uh, truth that when you look at following someone, it's kind of hard to argue and it's this, the closer you are, the easier it is to follow someone. And in this incredible story, what we want to focus on today then is how not only <clears throat> did Ruth choose to follow Naomi back, but then she also followed her instructions and began to draw close to her Redeemer. And as we've already read in Ruth <clears throat> chapter 3, you see the story of what Naomi continues to tell Ruth to do to find this redemption and to draw close to the Redeemer, and that beautiful verse in, in verse 5 of chapter 3 where Ruth says to her, I will do everything that you say. And so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law charged her to. But, but let's talk about why. Why would we do this? Because, of course, Ruth is following Naomi back, and so Naomi understands the situation that they're in. She understands that they're, they're in a little bit of a helpless situation and it could, be, it could get real bad real fast. And then she also understands that Ruth has followed her back. And if something were to happen to Naomi, now Ruth is alone in a foreign land and truly with no idea what to do or, or what can happen to her. And so what Naomi says to her is that you need to seek rest. And what she really means is, okay, you, you, need, to, you need to go and find a place where you can Find your life again. Seek rest. You know, we ask the kids, what's your wish for Mother's Day? And I'm sure moms are going rest. That would be great for Mother's Day, especially in a busy time like this. I know where you've taken on 
a lot during this season with uh, the social distancing and everyone at home and the different things going on. But that's not necessarily the type of rest that Naomi was talking about. In Ruth 3.1 where she says, Ruth's mother-in-law Naomi said to her, my daughter, shouldn't I find rest for you so that you'll be taken care of? That's what she's meaning. Naomi's saying, look, I need to find someone that's going to be able to take care of you far beyond what I'm going to be able to do to take care of you. Now, we've already seen another example of selflessness from Naomi in this story. Because remember, when Naomi had lost all her family, she's looking at her daughter-in-law. She says, go away. Leave me alone. I'll, I'll take care of myself. You're young. You've got your life in front of you. You can go back and live your own life. But Ruth chose to go with her. So Naomi already had one act of selflessness. And then here we see another. As Ruth is the one who's going out, gathering the grain and taking care of Naomi, Naomi still turns to her and says, Ruth, let's find rest for you so that you will be taken care of. Isn't that just like a mom? Um, Mom putting the needs of the children in front of themselves, doing without so that the kids can have what they need. Taking a seat, if you will, in the stands instead of a place on the field and becoming the greatest cheerleader and support that someone can know. What a heart of a mother is demonstrated right here in Naomi because, I mean, it's just this continual feeling of I need to take care of Ruth even as Ruth is taking care of her. And so now we see this ultimate thing that all Naomi wants for Ruth is for her to find life and find rest. And because of that desire, there is something that Naomi understands. Only a redeemer can redeem. And I know that's like the Captain Obvious point for the day, but think about it. Naomi had a pretty good situation. She had a daughter-in-law who came back who was doing the work to take care of Naomi. Her needs were being met, but yet she realized that for Ruth, this was not going to be enough. So she put her own needs aside and realized that the only way that Ruth is going to survive this is if she finds a redeemer. And so she begins to coach her and she begins to instruct her on what it's going to take to be able to find this redeemer. And as great of a love that Naomi has for Ruth, she understands I cannot redeem her. I am not enough. Only a redeemer can redeem. And so for Ruth to be able to find life, she must find her redeemer. And as I've said all along, this story is really just a parallel of our story as well. Because the truth is for us to be able to find life, we must know and follow our redeemer. Jesus Christ. And so let me just tell you the best thing that you could ever do for your mom on Mother's Day would be to do that, to begin to know and follow your Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's this, this desire that we should have is this, that we want to draw close to Jesus, my Redeemer. That's what we should want to do. We should want to draw close to God, not just following from a distance, but learning what it takes to get close to God and to follow close to him and to take him step by step. And I go back to the thing that we said at the first of this, 
the easiest way it is to follow someone is when you're close to them. Following from a distance is very difficult. And so our desire should be to draw close to Jesus. Now, I find it a little humorous, but also very obvious that what she says to Ruth is, okay, you're going to go in here and you're going to present yourself to Boaz. And so here's what you need to do. Wash, <laughs> put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Now, that, that's some pretty good instruction there. Because what has Ruth been doing? She's been wandering around the barley field. She's been picking up grain. She's probably not in, in her most presentable state. And so that's why she's giving these instructions. But I want you to look at something here about drawing close real quick. Because if you're going to draw close to someone, you're going to want to know the person. You don't really like to get real close to people, especially now, right? Especially people you, you don't know. And so we want to know people if we're going to get close to them. Look at what Scripture has to say about drawing close to God and see if you don't see a parallel of even what Naomi was telling Ruth that needed to happen. In James chapter 4, verse 8, I love this promise. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, these words are written. It says, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will refuse to look at you. Even if you offer countless prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Cleanse yourselves. Remove your evil deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. In 2 Corinthians we see Paul write these words, so then, dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of flesh and spirit, bringing holiness and completion in the fear of God. So you see a theme here in drawing close. Ruth, if you're going to go down and get close to Boaz, you might want to cleanse yourself. You might want to wash. We need to be clean. And I know it's going to sound silly, but I can even think about this. As much as my mom loved me, when I came home after basketball practice, gross from head to toe, smelling like sweat and a mix of all the other aromas that happen in a gym, you know, mom was like, that's nice that you're home, but can you fix that before we sit close to one another and maybe share a meal? Or can you clean yourself up before you come to the table? Or please don't give me a hug at this point in time as much as I love you. There, you, you wanted to be clean if you're going to be close. And so the truth about our life is the same. Hear me on this. God loves us right where we are. But as we learn to draw close to him, there is a cleansing in our life that needs to happen and will happen. We cannot stay like we are and draw close to God. We can't do that. So God has done his part he is a willing and open redeemer. And our part then is to choose to follow him and then do the work of drawing close. And that's what it is that we're looking at. Well, how do I do that then? The first thing, I know it sounds really simple, but it, it's, it's simple and it's true. doesn't mean it's easy all the time, but it, it's really plain and clear. Do what the Bible teaches. Begin to do what the Bible teaches. I know it seems simplistic, but it is the foundation 
for faith. If we're going to trust Jesus as our Redeemer, then we do what he says to do. Psalm 119.9 gives us this word. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping your word? The psalmist answers his own question. How do I keep my ways pure? By keeping God's word. If you want your life to begin to change, then you start doing what God's word says instead of what your gut says to do all the time. That's the essence and the foundation of following Jesus Christ. And you do that in every area of your life, spiritually, emotionally, financially, mentally, relationally, physically, at home, at work, at school, on vacation, whenever, wherever, and whatever God's word tells us to do, you do that. That's why I love that verse, verse 5 in Ruth 3. So Ruth said to Naomi, I will do everything you say. Now, think about this. Ruth is in a foreign land. And I'm sure that these customs that Naomi was instructing her to follow were quite strange to Ruth. And so when, Ruth, when Naomi's being instructed to do these certain things or go to this certain place or act this certain way or follow this certain thing, she's probably thinking, why? Why do I have to do all this? But let's remember, why is Naomi instructing her to do these things? Because she wants her to find rest and she wants her to find life. So why would Ruth be willing to trust Naomi and do those things? Because there's a relationship there. And even though she may not understand all the customs and all the ways and all the reasons for doing things a certain way, she knows and loves and trusts Naomi. So if Naomi asks her to do it, she knows that whatever Naomi's asking her to do is for her best. And so she's going to do everything that she asks her to do. That's the way that we should learn to follow Jesus as well. Following Jesus you will leave your old ways behind you and you will begin to follow and do new things. You might not understand why God instructs us to live a certain way or to act a certain way or to, to do a certain thing, but if you know him and draw close to him and trust him, then you will follow him and you will find life and you realize that God's desire for us is even greater than Naomi's desire for Ruth, that he wants us to find life and rest and peace and joy. And so another thing that we have to do as we draw close to God and as we desire to get clean, if you will, is we have to confess my sin. We have to own up to the fact that we have sinned. And, and this, is, this is what I'm really talking about. Own the fact that there are things in my life that I need forgiveness for and help with. You know, we like to live in such a way that we don't think that we're, we're all that bad. And, and I'm not trying to convince us that, oh my gosh, we're, we're all awful. But I'm just trying to say that all of us are in the same place. We all have things in our life we need forgiveness for. And we all have things in our life that we need help with. I mentioned it in, in the daily devotionals this week. It's, it's, really, it's really clear when, when it comes to sin, the Bible is very clear. All have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. So all is everyone. So none of us can stand up and say, well, I don't, I don't have a sin problem. We all have 
a sin problem that needs to be dealt with. But in our humanness, for some reason, we take pride in the fact that we think if we fall a little less short than someone else, that we're, we're good. I mean, I mean, how ridiculous if that. If I'm, if I'm trying to jump the Grand Canyon and my life depends on it, if I fall an inch short or a mile short, I'm still dead. And so if I'm dead, then, then dead's the result of this. It doesn't matter how short I am. The truth is I didn't make it and I can't make it on my own. And so Naomi looks at Ruth and says, hey, you, you smell like sweat and barley. So if we're going to find your redeemer, let's do something about that. And, you know, I thought about it this way, too. As a Boy Scout uh, growing up. And so in Scouts, I mean, that was some of the most camping, camping we did. As a matter of fact, we, we did this trek one time in Philmont. I'm sure some of you have done that as well. And here's what happens when you start going on these treks with no showers for days at a time. You don't notice it because everybody smells bad. And so you don't recognize how bad it is until maybe you see something else where you go, oh, maybe I might want to take a shower and clean this up. You know, the same thing is true. If we're not aware of the sinfulness in our life because we just kind of live in the same way in the same place all the time, we might just begin to convince ourselves that this is just normal and everybody's like this. And so I don't really have to deal with this because they don't have to deal with this. But when we, when we put ourselves up against the standard that Christ has set, we begin to discover that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we are all in need of a redeemer. And the great news on this is 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So once again, a great promise of God that not only do we have to take it all upon ourselves to do all the work, but God is already in front of us on this, desiring the great life for us. And if we're willing to take a step to follow him, he's willing to guide us along the way. And then ultimately, she tells Ruth, though, not only to approach Boaz, but how to do this in a certain way, to do this with humility and great respect and so really what she's saying is that you, you, you need to understand that this man has the authority to make decisions and to do things that can greatly affect your life. And the truth is the same for us, is that we need to, if we're going to draw close to God, we're going to have to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, that's an issue for all of us as well. Just like sin is, authority is. All of us have to ask the question in our life, who gets to make the call? Now, today is Mother's Day. The answer is mom, today. And then after today, we go back to who gets to make the call on these things in my life. Who gets to make the call about what's going on and ultimately the direction I'm taking in my life? And so authority is something that we all struggle with. As a matter of fact, the, the real struggle I believe in our life is, is, really comes down to this. Am I going to do things my way, or am I going to trust God and do things God's way? That's truly the issue. It's, it's not, it's not oh, am I going to go this bad thing or this good thing. It it's truly always comes down to God's way or my way. So it really is a position of authority. And what Naomi is telling Ruth is that if you want to find your redeemer, then you need to humble yourself and submit yourself to his authority. 
And then the same thing is true for us. If we're going to find our Redeemer, we need to humble ourselves, admit our need for a Redeemer, confess our sins to the Redeemer, and then follow his authority in our life. You know, the verse says, when he lies down, notice the place where he's lying, go and cover his feet and lie down. And, and so Naomi's really kind of saying this, if you want to find life, Ruth, then you need to lay your life down. You need to give Boaz control over that because he can redeem you and take care of you in a way that nobody else can. Wise words from a caring mother. If you want to find life, lay your life down and follow Jesus. That's the word for us today. His authority is great. And we should trust and know and follow him and draw close to him. And so if you want to find life, then we need to be willing to lay ours down. And hear me on this, not part of our life down, all of our life down. If you want the fullness of God to reign in your heart and your life, then you have to give all of yourself to him and submit to his authority. And so... Ultimately, this is the truth. The choice is mine to make. The choice is mine to make. I have to make that choice. You have to make that choice. That's why, again, we come back to that verse 5. Ruth said to her, I will do everything you say. She didn't say that because she understood it all. She didn't say that because she knew where it was going or how it was going to work out. She said that because she trusted Naomi. She had a relationship with Naomi. And because Naomi was instructing her to do that, she followed it. And spoiler alert for next week, she found life in doing so. The Redeemer redeems her. And now she moves into a place that she could have never been on her own. God takes her life from brokenness and alone and separated and cursed to a life that is full and fulfilled and one that she could have never had or done on her own. And the same thing is true for us. The choice is yours. It's between you and God. I want to just share a couple of verses when Jesus is really talking about the magnitude of these choices that we have as we wrap this up today. He's talking to a group of disciples in Luke chapter 6. And look at the question that Jesus asks this particular group of followers, if you will, of him. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? I mean, just let that sink in. Jesus looks at them and says, why, why, are, you, why are you calling me Lord? And, and you know, saying that you're, you're doing all these things or that you're following me or you're doing all these actions, but yet you, you're not doing the things that I'm asking you to do. He's in essence saying, what good is that? Am I truly Lord if you're not following me? And then on the other hand, in John 14, 21, he says this, the one who has my commands and keeps them. The one who has my commands and keeps them or and follows them, if you will, that's the one who loves me. And if, if he loves me, the one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. And so truly the choice is ours. We're going to do things our own way. And, and we'll acknowledge that Jesus is, is God and he's powerful, but yet I'm still going to live life my way. 
Are we going to say that, no, God, you, you are Lord of my life, and I will follow you and do things your way? The way that you're going to discover to do that is as you draw close to Jesus, as you discover more about him and the love that he has for you, as you build a relationship and trust with him, as you do what he tells you to do and begin to discover that that will lead you to life. I hope that you make that choice today. If you've not ever made that choice in your life and perhaps God's been stirring in your heart today as you've been listening to these words, then, then maybe you want to ask Christ to be Lord of your life today. And so I just want to invite you all, if you would, just bow your heads with me for just a second and let's pray for just a minute. 